0: Days through the spirit who flows faith with certainty, honor and blessing, glory and praise to the king crowned with power and
1: about this morning. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday. We serve a Lord who is not dead, who is not made up. He is alive. He is real. And uh, we're so glad you're here this morning. If you're visiting with us, we're glad you're here as well. We'll welcome you here in a little bit. And uh, we're excited. I'm excited to serve a risen Savior. We're going to sing about that. So if you'd like, please stand. And let's sing together, Christ Arose.
2: And I will say, He is risen! And you would respond, He is risen indeed! Oh, what a great day it is for us to uh, serve the Lord, to rejoice in this wonderful day that God's given to us. Not only wonderful because of the occasion, but wow, look at the weather out there. Isn't that fantastic? We had about 125 or 130 that came out to the sunrise service this morning, and we fed all of them, about, about 125 of them. Uh, breakfast this morning, that was a blast, and uh, then we had Sunday school, and now you're here, and we appreciate you being with us, those of you joining online, welcome, it is good to have you. Uh, Those of you who are joining us in the other room over there, welcome, hopefully the sound is a little better, we've been working the bugs out, trying to get ready for this day in particular, so uh, we'll just uh, hope and trust that everything is working better now. I'm going to mention these things now because I might forget at the end of the service, but for all of the adults, we have an Easter coin out there at the Welcome Center that you can pick up. Uh, it says, It is Finished, on one side. It's got a picture of the cross and the crown of thorns on the other side. And uh, then over to the right of this door, there's, uh, there are gifts for all of the kids. So make sure that your kids get to pick up some kind of uh, Easter gift. I think they can choose from several, a number of several gifts that they can choose from out there. So we're going to take up our offering and go to the Lord in prayer in just a moment. So let's have the men come forward. We'll get ready to receive our offering. Wow, what a joy. A year ago, I say a year ago, okay, so last Easter, uh, I've been with this church for 32 Easters, and last Easter was the first Easter that I wasn't actually here. I was in India. Uh, We were ministering to a camp there, and uh, we saw 24 kids, trust Christ. That was what a great week it was. And so I had made a commitment during that. By the way, I was preaching barefoot. On Easter Sunday morning, you'd be glad to make you make you proud of your pastor. Uh, and I was inside of the building. We, it was inside of a Baptist church building, but uh, they all take their shoes off as they go into the building, That's what their custom is. And uh, they left it up to me. Well, I wasn't going to be the only one wearing shoes. And I don't mind being barefoot, so I was barefoot preaching. It was kind of fun. I'm not going to do that to you today, though. So don't panic. Uh, but i have since been wearing these uh, bracelets, in case you've been wondering. They are called Camps Abroad, and they remind me, because uh, I've committed myself to pray once a week for those kids for an entire year. So I'll take them off in front of you now, not that I'm opposed to wearing these bracelets. I still have one on for my nephew who's uh, struggling with uh, leukemia. He's 14, but uh, I'll take those off and just put them in my pocket. Let's go to the Lord and ask him to bless us. time. Father, we rejoice in the message of this day, the resurrection of your son from the dead after facing death for all of us. May uh, your hand of blessing be upon this service, upon everything that's said and done. As we give this offering, may it go to meet the needs of your church. Uh, May we use it wisely as we invest it into your work, and we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: We're going to sing while we uh, pass the offering plates. If you're a visitor with us today, we do have a gift for you as well. You can stop by our Welcome Center. You can also scan the QR code if you're joining us online. Or in the other room, you can uh, go to sb slash contacts, and we'd love to have a record of your visit. So please stop by so we can uh, connect with you and uh, meet you this morning. We're going to sing one more song this morning. Because He Lives, We Can Face Tomorrow, You Can seated, seated As We Sing.
3: If you're able, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. Matthew chapter 28. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake, and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, There shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail! And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go, tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. May the Lord sanctify us through his word. You may be seated.
4: 20 verses 11 to 17. But Mary stood without at the sepulchre weeping, and as she wept she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre, and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father, and your Father, and to my God, and your God. May your hearts continue to be sanctified this morning. You may be seated.
5: the congregation which are able please stand for the reading of sacred scripture. The first epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians chapter 15 beginning in verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after they that are Christ's at his coming, then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign, till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, for he hath put all things under his feet, But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. May the Lord prosper his word for to sent it. You may be seated.
0: Jesus has not risen
2: So conquered death, where is your thing? Take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 14, Isaiah chapter 14. Things are working better over there on the other side, you'll be glad to know. And it is just about full on the other side, it's just about full here. So it's exciting to, uh, to see that happening. I don't know how many might be joining online, but we're glad to have all of you here. Isaiah chapter 14. Whoever we're going to be, Isaiah chapter 14, we're going to start in verse 12. I love the turning of Bible pages. Isn't that nice? I just like that sound. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. The devil makes this declaration. And we know, you know, from other parts of the scripture, that one-third of the angels followed him, and they were kicked out of heaven, and uh, the battle, the war began. And I want to talk to you about that war and the battles that we face. Father, help us, Lord, to uh, see you at work in history and in our own lives. Help us to trust you, and we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Genesis chapter 3, that the proto-evangelist. The first time that the gospel is mentioned in, in, in the scriptures in Genesis chapter 3. God creates... Uh, the world, it creates mankind, puts them in the garden, tells them to tend it. The devil steps in and uh, tempts Eve. She she gives into the temptation. Adam follows, and, and and of course then man plunges into sin. Whereas by one man sin in the world, and death by sin. So death passes upon all men, for the all of sin, and and that becomes a, the the big trouble that we have ourselves in. As Satan wins, it seems this first battle of the war that he started sometime before when he put his fist in the face of God and said, I'm going to take your throne, and the war begins. But in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 14, the Lord says, uh, the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field, and upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thou shalt, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head but thou shalt bruise his heel and we have that first promise of God that God is going to step in and bring redemption to fallen man it seems as if the devil has won this first battle but then the then the lord answers back and declares the gospel from this point forward what what happens throughout the scripture, if you kind of read the scripture with this in mind, it is the devil's attempt to stop God's, or God's redemption plan from taking place. It is a constant skirmish and a battle between the, the forces of evil and God as God is making these promises to fulfill his redemptive plan for mankind, and the devil is doing everything he can to prevent this from happening. One of the biggest... Things that we see is in Matthew chapter 2. Jesus is, is born, and, uh, and if you remember, the wise men come in Matthew and, and they talk to Herod and ask where we can find the king that is born king of the Jews and, and all of these things. And that begins this process for Herod, but it also shows this great battle that the devil is doing in verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, exceedingly wroth, was exceedingly rough and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. The wise men come in. Of course, you know, travel is not like it is today. So this isn't a matter of hours, it's a matter of days and weeks and months. And so as, as time passes, he realizes that it's been. You know, if he's going to make sure that the next king is gone, is dead then he needs to kill all of the babies that were born, according to this prophecy, two years and under. Now, that's Herod. But the devil's attempt is to stop God's plan at all costs. Could the devil, I mean, had the devil been able to to have killed the Messiah as a baby, then God's plan would have been thwarted. And, of course, you know the story how that God intervenes and sends Jesus and Joseph and Mary, uh, away into Egypt first, uh, before this all takes place, and then all those babies are killed, and but the devil is, is doing his best to stop these things from happening. Jesus grows up, and Jesus is now entering into ministry, and he stands before John the Baptist to be baptized, and John the Baptist points to Jesus as, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world, and God's plan is moving forward, and the devil is kicking things up into high gear everything he can to keep this plan from taking place. In Matthew chapter 4, you know the story. Jesus is led into the, of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he would afterward have hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, "If thou will, if I'm sorry, if thou be the son of God." Now listen. The devil knows this, right? The devil knows who Jesus is. The devil is there to do everything he can to stop God's plan from taking place. All he needs to do is to keep Jesus from being obedient to the Father. If he can get Jesus to sin, then Jesus becomes just another human being and not a God-man, not God in human form. Jesus just becomes another human being. And if he could stop this from happening... Can we crank my sound back just a little bit? I feel like... I'm, or maybe it's just these things up here. I don't know. Just, I, is it loud to you? Yeah. No, no. Okay, whatever. I, I know better than to ask, right? If I ask, is it warm in here? Oh, yeah, never mind. Okay, it's just going to get all kinds of things. So anyway, so here's the devil. He's like, okay, now it's, it's, he's he sees this plan happening. Things are getting in high gear. Jesus is hungry and uh, says... If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. By the way, let me ask you a couple questions. Could Jesus have commanded the stones be bread? Could Jesus have commanded the stones be bread without it being a sin problem? Not at this point. Not at this point. Because at this point, he's responding not to the Father, but to the devil. Do you understand this? That is why he's being tempted. The devil is doing everything he can to keep Jesus from taking these steps that is leading him to complete God's redemptive plan. And he says, make these stones to be bread. And uh, Jesus then answers, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taken him up into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, uh, it, It's hilarious that the devil keeps saying that. It's almost as if he's trying to cause doubt into the mind of Christ. Now, I want you to hear all of this. I I can't explain it. I can't explain it. Jesus is 100% God. But Jesus is also 100% man. And here's what the Bible declares. He is tempted. He was led in the Spirit. To be tempted of the devil. You say, wow! I can't put all that together. You're right. I can't either. It's it, it's hard to wrap your mind around something that is greater than we are. But you know, here he is. I don't know why the devil keeps asking this question. But if thou be the son of God, he says, um, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee concerning thee, a charge concerning thee, and their hand, and uh, I say ah. Uh, And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Now, the devil's pretty tricky here. Because where did that line come from? That came from the Old Testament, from the Psalms. The devil is quoting Scripture to Jesus. And he says to Jesus, Trust this God of yours. Throw yourself off the pinnacle and... And you're, the angels will have charge over you, and you won't even dash your foot against a stone. It is a true promise, and it's a true promise for Christ. But for Christ to respond to the devil is going to ruin God's redemptive plan. And uh, it is, wow, it's, it's huge. By the way, um, just as an in, in interjected thought... Um, Over the years, people have said to me, Pastor, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You know, God's God's already got it all planned. Um, It doesn't really matter if I do this or do that. And they're really talking about sinful things when they say it because whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And that's kind of what the devil was tempting Jesus with, right? Throw yourself because God's given a promise to you, but look at what Jesus answers. It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Uh, The reality is, our, our choices have weight, and they matter. And uh, we need to make good choices. And Jesus, Jesus, again, the devil's just doing everything he can. I've got to stop this from happening. For a third time, uh, the devil goes to him again, takes him up uh, into the exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee. Could the devil? Were they the devils to give? Not really. Now, the Bible does declare that he is the God of this world. This world is following after him. And from that aspect, yes, but in the end, guess what? Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's where this is heading. And the devil knows it. He has made a declaration from the beginning. I will sit on the throne of God. And now he's doing everything he can. To make that happen. And it is as if this battle has been just amped up even more. And then the Jesus answers and says, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered to Jesus. In Luke chapter 4, it says it this way, And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him, for a season, it's not over. It's not over. The devil hasn't quit. The devil hasn't given up. And he departs from him for a season. Here's what the devil knows. You know, The devil knows some Bible truth. Not just the one he just quoted. But he knows this. The wages of sin is death. He knows that. And he knows that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He knows that. As long as everyone is under the curse of sin, everyone is in the grip of the one who controls death. It is an interesting thing in the scripture we just read earlier, that uh, Jonathan was just read. It said, and the last the last enemy to fall is death. Is death. And it's, wow, it's, this is a... And so the devil's like, he's clinging on to this promise of God that the wages of sin is death, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He remembers Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And the devil is clinging to those things. He remembers those things. I don't understand it. I do know this, that obviously the devil didn't get it. Much like the disciples didn't get it, the devil didn't fully understand God's plan. Because we finally make it over to Matthew chapter 26, where Jesus is now arrested, and he's led before Pilate, and Pilate strips him naked and scourges him, and we don't have time to walk through all of the crucifixion, but what you see is the devil's hand at work. The devil riling up the crowd so that they would say, Release Barabbas and crucify Jesus. Crucify him. Crucify him. And everyone turned, whereas one week before, everyone was, was throwing down their clothes and, and their robes and, and uh, the palm leaves so that the king of glory could enter into Jerusalem. One week later, here they are. Crucify him. Crucify him. And it is as if the devil is, is really igniting All of these things that take place. So that Jesus is beaten and bruised and spit upon. His beard is pulled out. A crown of thorns on his head. Nailed to a cross. And you can almost see it happening, can't you? As the devil is gleeful at what is taking place. Thinking that if he can just kill this Jesus, God's plan cannot take place. And so the devil, it seems, put all, puts all of his energy into just getting Jesus to the cross. If we can but kill him, if we can but end this, then God's plan is done. And my opportunity to ascend to the throne of God is there. And all of this begins to take place. Crucifixion happens. Jesus on the cross, the Bible says, cries out to the Father, my God. My God, why hast thou forsaken me? And in my imagination, the Bible doesn't record this, but those are the victory words that the devil's been waiting to hear. We got him. God has turned his back on what he said was going to be the answer for mankind. And the next verse says, And Jesus yielded up the ghost. And I can only imagine what was happening with all the demons and the devils of hell as they begin to erupt with, with glee and joy, thinking victory is finally theirs. But they do remember that Jesus said he would raise from the dead. So if you can imagine with me a conversation, the devil says to death, oh death, can we keep him? And death says, no one has ever escaped. No one has ever gotten out of my clutches. No one has ever gotten away. We're safe. He is mine. Matthew chapter 27 Right after Christ gives up the ghost... Here's what it says... And behold... The veil of the temple... Was rent in twain from top to bottom... And the earth did quake... And the rocks were rent... And the graves were opened... And many bodies of the saints which slept... Arose and came out of the graves... After the resurrection... And went into the holy city... And appeared unto many... And I can only imagine... If I am Jesus... and If I am the devil looking at Jesus, hanging on the cross, and thinking, there is my victory, and all of a sudden, this takes place? My confidence in that victory becomes weak. I can imagine that conversation. A death? Are you sure? Do we still have him? We've got him. He's mine. Tighten the chains. Double the guards. Do what is necessary. He cannot escape don't worry, no one has ever escaped my clutches. He's ours. Day two. Can you hear it? Well, one day has passed. Nothing happened this morning. Satan goes over. Oh, death. Is he still there? Is your. St- I love that song. Death, where is your sting? Can you hear the devil? Is your sting still making a difference? Is the grave still intact? And death says, he is here. Be certain. We we hold his fate in our hands. Then, I don't know. This is my imagination. It's as if the devil, replaying what he thinks he knows, might recall A promise that God made in the Old Testament. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One to see corruption. Okay. I'm not really sure. The conversation happens again. You can imagine death getting frustrated at this point. Death. Do we have death like, Would you just trust me? I've got him. He's out. And the morning of the third day finally comes. And behold, Matthew chapter 28, verse 2. There was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. And Satan remembers the words that Jesus had spoken to his disciples saying, Many shall deliver me to the Gentiles to mock and discourage And to crucify me. And the third day I shall rise again. Satan. Almost too afraid to ask the question. Says, oh, death, Do we still have him? And before death can answer. A thunderous, resounding, angelic sound says. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. And the war, I'll use Jesus' terms, it is finished. Wow. And the devil now has no hope of victory so now all he can do is try and make it difficult for people to respond to the gospel and for God's people to grow in Christ so for God's people we must watch because the devil as a roaring lion goes about seeking who may devour for the unsaved you know here's what the Bible says the enemy that sowed them is the devil He sows the tares among the wheat. Remember? The harvest is of the world. The enemy is sowing the tares. The Bible says, The the parable of the sower, the, the seed is sown, but then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. The battle is still going. The war is over. It is finished. The devil is a defeated foe. He can no longer have any ambitions to sit on the throne of God. Victory is ours. But in his frustration, he now works to make it difficult for mankind to respond until finally that one day when we shall see him as he is and we shall be like him. When this mortal shall put on immortality we fight that battle until. What a great God we have. I ask you, is the victory that comes in Christ yours today? Do you know what it is to have your sin debt paid for on the cross of Christ because you have placed your faith, your confidence, your trust in what he did on the cross as the payment for your sins? The Bible says it is not by works of righteousness as we have done, but according to his mercy that he saves us. It is by grace that we saved, through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is not about what we're doing, it's about what he did. And he has fought the battle, and it is done, so that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Do you know what it is to have your sin debt? Erased through the blood of Jesus Christ. He I'm not sure, Pastor. Let me give you a great message. There's a God in heaven who loves you so much. He's made a way for that to happen. And really, it is so simple, it doesn't seem right. How could something so difficult to purchase for us, the very blood of Jesus Christ, be made available to us in such an easy manner of faith, of believing, Yes, that's that's what the Bible says. If you've never done that, I invite you, God invites you, the God of heaven invites you to accept his son and the death of his son as the payment for your sins today. And a God who cannot lie will give you the gift of eternal life. If you have done that, then Christian, know that the battles are still going on. The war is complete. It's done. It is finished. We have a defeated foe. But he's still out there. you remember um, at the end of World War II, there were pockets of, especially in, in the islands of the Philippines and that area, there were pockets of enemy soldiers who hadn't gotten the message. And years later, we would find soldiers still encamped in those islands who were still fighting the battle, not realizing that the war was over. That's what the devil at. He's fighting the battle. Too proud and arrogant to figure out that the war is over. But we have to be careful because he fights that battle against us. So, I would, for those of us who know Christ, know that this enemy is like a roaring lion going about seeking whom may devour. So, we put on the whole armor of God that we might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Let's let Easter be that day for us that we find renewed victory the things of Christ. Head bowed eyes closed, please. Pastor, I know, I'm certain, I can remember a time in which I put my faith in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross as a payment for my sins. And Pastor, I am confident that if I died today, I would be in heaven through the blood of Jesus Christ. As testimony, that would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can praise the Lord with you. Thank you. Hands across the place. Thank you. Thank you. There's so many here I don't know that I could see everybody and I, I can't see anyone on the other side. But let me ask you this. If you say, Pastor, I'm not sure. I'm not certain. I can't remember a time that I put my confidence, my trust in what Jesus did on the cross as the payment for my sins. And, Pastor, I'm concerned about my soul, about where we spend eternity. Right now, right where you sit in the quietness of this moment, you can place your faith in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. You can trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Right now, right where you sit. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Lord, please forgive my sins and save me. God who cannot lie is going to keep his promise. No one else is looking around. Just you, me and the Lord, please. No one looking around. If sitting right here today, you made that decision to trust Christ as your Savior. Would you just look up at me for just a moment and make eye contact with me? Did you mean that? God is not a liar. He keeps his promises. Amen. Anyone else? Make sure I see that. Anyone else? Did you mean that? Amen. God is not a liar. Amen. You may look this way. I don't know about other places. Those of you who are watching online, the same promise goes. You don't have to be in church for this to happen. God is with you right now, right where you are, and uh, He invites you to invite Him to be your savior. And uh, so you can do so as well. Uh, we had three look up at me this morning, and the Bible says this. I love this. The Bible says that when one person comes to Christ, all of heaven stops to rejoice over that one. All of heaven can you, if you, I always think. If you listen carefully, you think you can hear it. All of heaven is shouting right now. Remember the shouts, the, the wicked shouts of the demons as Jesus is dying? Oh, that's nothing compared to the joyful shouts of heaven when one comes out of death and into the life of Jesus Christ. And that's happened three times over this morning. What a joy. Let's stand. We're going to sing Just As I Am. The altar's open to you if you'd like to step forward and. Do some business with the Lord, the altar is open. But that
0: thy blood was shed. wonderful Easter
2: morning God has given to us. Beautiful day outside, wonderful crowd in here, and God's truth speaking to the hearts of people. And uh, people trusting Christ and growing. What more could you ask for? You know you could ask for one more thing. Lord just come on back. Take us home now. Let's go. Because yeah, heaven is even better. And uh, what a joy it is. Thank you so much for sharing this day with us uh, tonight. Our plan is to have the Lord's table tonight, all right? I told them in the the sunrise service, uh, as we started preparing, we realized we're out of communion cups. And so we're going to try our best to get some communion cups from another church this afternoon. Uh, I I know that I said this, you know, you you could use Dixie cups. I know. There's nothing, you know, biblical here. But there is something, it seems, disrespectful to me you know i'm just being honest it just just doesn't seem to elevate the the occasion and uh so we probably wouldn't do that is all i'm saying to you so if we can find cups tonight we're going to take the lord's table together and if not then i'll ask you to do this come prepared to share some testimonies Uh, i can i've got a sermon i didn't preach last week but uh you know that was a palm sunday sermon and we're already past palm sunday so uh uh, but last Sunday night, we uh, we had testimonies from our teenagers on their uh, missions trip, and it ended up just taking most of the time, and so we didn't uh, I didn't preach it. But um, either way, we'll be together tonight, rejoicing and uh, giving the Lord glory. All right. Anything else I'm supposed to announce? There's gifts for the kids out here. If your kids uh, you have kids here, make sure they get one. Uh, there's a a uh, it is finished Easter coin available to all of the adults out here. Uh, so it's just a coin that says it is finished on one side, and it's got a cross and crown of thorns on the other side, and you can carry it around with you and just remember that it is finished, right? Lord bless you, keep you, make a space, shine upon you, give you peace. God bless you, you are dismissed.